Hey, Dean. Hey, Lisa. What? So, you know, we had this awesome talk with Marcy Learoff about sex on yeah. the screen, intimacy coordination, but you actually did a lot of due diligence about even just the acceptability of any kind of I'm a of details sexual- guy. You know that. Oh, yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> and I am not. <laughs> As you know, yeah, I just fly I by the seat of my, you know, whatever Freeform. You play jazz. I read music. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> but I don't want all of that research to go to waste. So, you know, hit us with it. Tell us what you what you found out because it certainly surprised me. And it did me too because I sort of went back to look at the Hayes Code, which I knew existed. So back in the 30s, uh, you know, sort of restrictions came in on the kinds of things you could and couldn't say in film. But I was surprised to learn that prior to that, so when film first started, but before it got quote, regulated, Hollywood could actually get away with a whole lot of stuff that they couldn't do for decades afterwards. So what happened was that prior to the 1930s, women could be portrayed in film and and were as sexually active, strong characters. Marlena Dietrich, for example, quite daring. Abortion and other real life topics were all covered. But as the public were pressuring the government to intervene and, you know, it was the time of the 30s, prohibition and all that sort of thing. Mm. And so they were saying, you know, this lewd content has to be regulated. So the industry decided to self-regulate before the government did. And in 1915, um, the film industry had gone to the Supreme Court for the right to you know, show what they wanted under the First Amendment, your uh, American First Amendment of free speech. And the Supreme Court ruled that it was uh, like entertainment or business or something and as such was not protected under under the First Amendment. So William Hayes was the guy who uh, was the first head of enforcement of the sort of group that the studios put together. So it be- became known as the Hayes Code, even though he didn't draw it up. And this was sort of created by the motion, uh, motion picture producers and distributors of America, which is blah, today. Blah. Yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) Anyway, so nudity and swearing and drugs were prohibited. Crime and immorality could never be portrayed. (gasps) In a positive light. So if, if you had a if you had a character who was, you know, a bit naughty, they they had to get retribution at by before the end of the film. Sure. Yeah, you know, sure. yeah, it was so it was, it was like it was like a backlash against the Gilded Age or something. And it did things like it finished Mae West's career, Lisa, right? Because Mae oh, West was sure. this, you know, very positive, strong, sure. sexy woman, built her career on innuendo and, and double entendre, and they were all actually banned under the Hayes Code. So what could she do? Like, so that was really the end of, of her career which was terrible because, God, was she a great individual, an amazing woman. Great character. Anyway, look, it held force through the sort of 40s, 50s, then into the 60s as things started to loosen up. And what happened was there was a couple of movies that came out, Antonioni's Blow Up, for example, it didn't get Hayes approval and MGM said, you know what, we're just going to release it anyway. And it stormed the box office and the other studios, you know, like when the first one, it's like like kids, you know, the first one does something and then all the rest follow. That's right. And that's right. It's yeah, a pen, and, and it's a pent up, you know, need for that's it. That's exactly what it yeah, was, yeah, right? Yeah. And so the studios wanted to do it. And what they realized after the success of Blow Up was, wait a minute, the public want it too. So, of course, the customer's always right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and and at the same time there in the late 60s, you also had the beginning of, you know, that new wave of Hollywood. Right. You had the end of the studio power and you got the beginning of the auteurs. Like Easy Rider. Yeah. Easy Rider, Raging Bulls. Right. And Peter Biskin's The End of Hollywood. It was the rise of those directors. It was Spielberg. It was Lucas. Their material is not at all scandalous. I mean, it really wasn't. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. But for guys like Coppola and Scorsese. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it tipped the balance of power away from the studios. They realized that the guys that made the film, because they were making the films that people see, that saw, right? Mm-hmm. So these were the popular films. And the studio, this ways of producing film within the studio was no longer as successful. They had to cede power to these enfants terribles, right? These kids that were coming up and making films that were way better than the studios could make. And so there was that sort of they had to give up that power as well because it was just the natural way and so that was sort of the end of it and and so then what happened was Jack Valenti came in as the head of the MPAA and he said you know what we're going to throw the Hayes Code away and we're going to bring in this system of ratings Mm-hmm. And that's how we got the rating system that we which do is today. its there own, which is its own kettle yeah. of fish and worms. But I just remember back in the day that that Claudette Colbert scene with Clark Gable. It happened one night where she sort of rips her dress and shows her leg when she's hitchhiking. That that at the time I think was like, oh my goodness, grasp my pearls. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so horrific. But but in reality, even before then, people wanted to see real sex. They wanted to yes. see people in, in flagrante or whatever you call it. Whatever in it is. flagrante delicto. Nice, thank you very much. Let's see, that's why you're smart and I'm just uh, crazy blonde here. Uh-huh. But you know what? Something you said, maybe, you know, this backlash against Mae West is very interesting. Or you said something else about, like, it could have this in the scene, but then they had to get their recompense or something. And I think yep. that carried on into the horror genre, where if a girl is, like, getting it on and is sexual in any way, you know, she's the first to get her face chopped off or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, she's got to pay the price for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, that's absolutely a staple of the horror thing, right? The first, yeah. yeah, there's all the kids at the lake, and the first one's to have sex are the first ones to be killed right. and the next ones to, yeah so that's, that's you're so right that's sick good. i mean that's I know, really right? worse than the and of course nobody cares about violence right you could have people mm. eviscerating themselves but oh. oh my god you show a tit oh my god oh. that's just the end yeah. of humanity oh. but anyway <laughs> Hey, you guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, please go over and give us a positive six-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, if you know someone who would like the show, please send them a link. Sharing is caring. And now back to the show. Oh, well, you know, one thing we didn't cover was just the total inequity of, you know, how many actresses, like serious Oscar-winning actresses out there, have done full frontal nudity, Mm -hmm. and yet Hollywood is happy with tits and ass and bush even, but Mm -hmm. penises, no. It's like... Yeah. That is changing. I mean, I have to say that it is changing. Um, I don't know if this is the, you know, the Me Too movement. The boys are like, Me Too. But um, (laughs) but I was just, I just saw this movie. I think I told you I saw Midsummer the other Mm -hmm. night, um, which is a horror genre film, but I think it's much more than that. And it stars Florence Pugh and Jack Rayner. And Jack Rayner said, I'm going to go for it. He said it makes him so vulnerable where he's got to be running around full frontal, full backle, full, full everything. You see it all. And he says, because it made him feel so vulnerable. And in the scene, that's what it needed to be. So I think I right. think things are changing. You know, God bless Harvey Keitel, who in the piano, the Keitel was everywhere. <laughs> and God bless him because, you know. He doesn't mind getting it out. He did that in Bad Lieutenant as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. I never saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several years ago, I did a course here in Melbourne with a local filmmaker. And 
she was well known for this documentary she did. It was about uh, naked and being naked. Mm -hmm. So she interviewed, I want to say like a model. Uh, so, you know, someone glamorous and pretty with, you know, fantastic mm -hmm. body and all that. And then she interviewed somebody else. And she interviewed a disabled guy. Mm -hmm. And so over the course of the days of the shooting, she's there with her crew and whatever. And she noticed he started to shut down. And she said, okay, stop. She goes, what's the problem? And he said, look, I don't mind talking about this. But he said, it's not even. And she's like, oh, shit. Yeah, of course. So she went, right. Okay. Um, I've, I've got to get naked too, even if she's not on camera. It was just an imbalance, and once imbalance of power, did, which is exactly yeah. what Marcy was yeah. saying. Well, we've been talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So once she did that, she said it was uncomfortable for me, and then I realised, well, I'm not even on film, and I'm uncomfortable. And so then he opened right up again, and he would. She said That's we got wonderful. the best stuff after that. So. Yeah. I do think it's very important that there's representation of not perfect bodies in sex scenes, in cinema, TV, whatever it is. I think that's yeah. important. And I applaud, you know, older actresses who are very vulnerable when they're older and mm. not as, mm. you know, things aren't where they were. <laughs> they were younger and they go for it. Yeah. And they go for these nude scenes because it's the truth it's what we are i think that your idea of enforcing on us that we record that pod naked was a bold move <laughs> and uh, i i, I, yeah, Brian, I had, was a little shy about it i was surprised I had, yeah but, <laughs> it's like well, so come on he's a texas longhorn right come on yes longhorn indeed oh my goodness you're so funny but i'm really oh, glad dear. that we got to get all of your immense research out in this little oh, yeah, it's all two minutes of it oh, yeah. everything <laughs> that I cobbled together from Wikipedia and a couple of other articles but but it, it was interesting and, and you know uh, to your point it, I have seen a documentary that was like you know the old staggering black and white no sound you know kind of film mm -hmm. and there's a whole range of porn in there like there's you know they were into it big time you know, oh, yeah. just, I guess they could they could play it uh, in their you know in their rich people's houses up against the wall or a screen or something like that and that was part of it you know yeah uh, not like normal films of you know trains and people and whatever and then they go oh <laughs> right, by the way we've right. got this one hey right, guys right. Well, get I think another glass of, of brandy right well, well I think one porn. of the first the one of the first films is called The Kiss right so hey as long as it's consenting adults real adults who are really consenting and not being coercively controlled into these situations as has happened but you know we, we've got these um, fierce gladiator intimacy coordinators who are going to fight the good fight and make sure everybody's safe and everybody's comfortable and I'm very proud that Marcy's doing this it's a good thing all right great well all um, right we we hope you've enjoyed this little um, sidebar, and uh, and we'll uh, don't forget to subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube or wherever you're at. Um, go to your podcasting app of choice, Killer Casting. You'll find us on the socials as well. And if you go to KillerCastingPod.com and click on the contact page, there's a little button there for Speak Pipe. And if you just click on that, you can record a message, and it instantly comes to me, and we will drop it in the pod. Unless it's abusive or, or unless it's abusive or you're bagging us and in which case it'll just disappear, you'll never hear from it again. Oh, I right, I want to hear it all. And speak pipe. <laughs> that sounds so dirty. Speak pipe. Speak, <laughs> speak pipe. Ooh, I wanna what run has my, this episode done to you? I wanna run my tongue over the speak pipe. Okay. Oh, anyway, woo! Me. Baby. Woo! All right. Lordy. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks all right. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Killer Casting is a concept created and produced by me, Lisa Zambetti, with audio engineering by Dean Laffin, logo art by the lovely April Laffin, website and big old fat opinions courtesy of Brian Allen Hills.